Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Market View on Money FM 89.3. That's right, you're listening to Money FM 89.3 and it's now time for Market View where we take a look at how the Singapore stock market is likely to close for the day, the biggest movers, sectors and companies to watch. But as always, a quick recap of how we started. While Singapore shares opened the day weaker after global markets closed mostly lower as well. In early trade, the Straits Times Index was down 0.5% to 3,191 points after nearly 55 million securities changed hands and abroad market. Now, while the closing numbers on the SGX are still firming up, here's what we are looking at for now. The Straits Times Index down 0.48% at 3,193 points. In terms of value turnover, that's $909 million. Now, gainers trailed losers 235 versus 364. Top five movers by value we have here DBS, OZBC, UOB, Semco Industries and Singtel. And heavily traded securities included Cap Allianz, Citrium and Rex International. Now more corporate and international news continue to dominate the headlines today in the world of finance and they range from Meta considering paid ad-free subscription for users in Europe to the Biden administration warning Beijing of its plans to update export curbs as early as this month. Well, let's break them down with Jeffrey Yap head of Investments and Wealth Solutions, Southeast Asia at HSBC, Global Private Banking and Wealth. And he joins me in the studio. Jeffrey, welcome. Um, thank you, Tatian. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. And let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fest so far today? Any surprises when it comes to perhaps the biggest movers and the sectors they lie in? Yeah, as you mentioned, I think the, the index closed down uh, roughly close to 0.5%. Uh, no surprises there on the back of higher interest rates and stronger dollar overnight. Uh, most of the sectors that were sensitive to interest rates and dollar movement has showed a downside today. Yeah. Um, and let's take a look at some corporate headlines around the world. Uh, Jeffrey, we talked about this earlier. Meta is considering charging European users ad-free subscriptions to Instagram or Facebook. Now, more broadly, do you think this is an approach for tech firms? Will this be the next bound of growth for social media firms? I think Meta is not the first company that have actually offered this. If you look at it in the past, companies like Spotify, YouTube has actually unveiled uh, this kind of uh, ad-free subscription to subscribers. Um, I think the reaction uh, by Meta was basically on the back of two things. Um, mm. One of it is the reg- complying with regulation coming out from EU uh, in terms of uh, privacy data. Uh, secondly, obviously, giving more choices to subscribers uh, that want to opt for uh, ad-free uh, subscriptions. So I think this doesn't really constitute a, a new revenue stream per se, but really it's a reaction to complying with certain EU regulations at the same time providing more options for subscribers. Hmm. And further away, let's take a look at what's happening in the US. More tensions between Washington and Beijing, perhaps because the Biden administration warned Beijing of its plans to update rules that curb shipments of AI chips and chip-making tools to China. And this could happen as soon as early this month. Now, what implications will this have on markets? Obviously, um, um, this news came about overnight. Um, obviously, uh, uh, news like this unnerved markets. Uh, however, um, whether it's going to go ahead or not is still unsubstantiated. Uh, I think more importantly is to see how the details of that action will be and how it plays out. 
Um, but nevertheless, uh, as I said, you know, reaction by markets obviously uh, pretty unnerved at this moment on the back of uncertainty. Hmm. Now, staying on the topic of chips, right, uh, we saw TSMC or Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company stocks losing more value than any other in Asia since mid-June. Now, investors bracing for that prolonged weakness in the chip sector. Sector-wise, how much of a weakness can we expect for chip-making stocks? Despite the pullback recently by the sector, uh, if you look at the year-to-date gains, uh, it's still a very healthy um, double-digit returns Mm year-to-date. And I think the the pullback was basically reacting to concerns about uh, late delivery of chips globally. Um, But however, having said that, um, the view is the long-term structural demand for chips is still very healthy on the back of various developments such as the, uh, the growth of generative AI so we believe that this current pullback is just a profit-taking scenario on the back of mm. concerns about delivery of chips. Uh, but the long-term growth trajectory and outlook is still very positive. Okay. And uh, talk about the long-term growth trajectory being positive, if I may follow up very quickly, uh, Jeffrey. What were the reasons for that? What are the longer-term drivers? Longer-term drivers, I think, uh, if you look at uh, the impact of you know, uh, chat GPT and generative AI in general, uh, the demand for chips uh, will be very strong. Um, and given that um, as the economy globally becomes more digitized, the amount of chips will continue to be very strong. So on the back, uh, if you look at the recent pullback, is really from a reaction to overvaluation on the back of a pent-up demand uh, and, and surge in investment uh, flows. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, this is the correction, in my view, is just reacting to... Uh, to a particular uh, uh, news, and uh, it's just a reason for investors to profit take. Um, but having said that, the outlook, in my view, is still very positive in the long term, mm. which it has been for the for the last decade or so. Mm. If we may turn our attention to what's happening in the U.S. Uh, when it comes to interest rates, if I may pop this impromptu question, uh, Jeffrey. We've seen some Fed officials calling for rates to be higher for longer. And in fact, uh, the Federal Reserve Bank of Cleveland, President Loretta Mester, said the U.S. Central Bank will likely need to raise rates once more this year and hold them at higher levels. Uh, Your thoughts on where all this is going to go? What does that mean for stock markets? I think um, this year is we have seen the sharpest increase interest rates uh, in the last couple of decades. And I think um, the objective of the Federal Reserve is really to contain inflation. And whether they're successful in containing inflation, it's still, uh, um, the verdict is still out there. And because of that, I, do, I think there is still a concern uh, by the Federal Reserve governors around whether they, they have done enough to, to, to slow down inflation. Um, my, our view, basically, is uh, there could potentially be one more rate hike till the end of the year. Mm. Um, but it likely to pause after that. Um, in terms of market reaction, I think the Federal Reserve had done a tremendously good job in managing expectation mm. um, of the market by being a little bit more uh, forthcoming in terms of what they are seeing. Um, so even though uh, the particular uh, comments by the Federal, Go- Federal Reserve government yes. governors uh, has caused a bit of uh, profit-taking in the equity markets, yeah. uh, but we believe that... Uh, the market is well prepared for it. Mm. Uh, what we really like in this environment is that it, we haven't seen interest rate this high for a long time. Yeah. And for fixed income investors, we believe this is an extremely good entry point 
for investors to kind of lock in the yield for future returns. Mm. Jeffrey, two parts to this question, and I have about one or two minutes to go. Um, the question is, how should investors position their portfolios? And the second part to this question, as you mentioned about fixed income, right? When it comes to equity versus bonds, which do you prefer? I think if you look at equity versus fixed income or bonds, um, the equity risk premium at the moment uh, does in favour of fixed income to outperform equities for the next five years. But having, having said that, uh, if you look at in the equity space, there are certain markets that provide very good value uh, with high cash flows and good dividend payout. So we will look at from that, from an equity perspective, you know, we like certain uh, sectors, not all of them. But in fixed income, I think it's where we seem very attractive from a long-term return perspective. Mm, all right. Thanks a lot, Jeffrey. That was Jeffrey Yap, Head of Investments and Wealth Solutions, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Thank you. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. 